Breaking up is hard to do. Well, according to the song, at least. Sometimes things change, people change, situations change, terms and conditions change, and when the results of a particular change or those changes are unacceptable to one or both parties, it is time to break up and to move on. I'm not talking personal relationships here today. There are many podcasts on that topic. What I am addressing here today are business relationships, client-vendor relationships, and specifically training business relationships. That is recognizing when it's time to let go to be able to grow. Do you like that expression? I like that a lot. It's not my expression. It's not my phrase, but I've, I've learned this from someone else and I think it's fantastic. It's very apt today because today's theme is when is it time to let go to be able to grow? So today I'm going to share with you how to recognize when it is time to let go in order to grow your training business, which questions to ask yourself and which steps to take and why in order to be able to do the right thing for both parties, for you and your soon-to-be ex-client. Breaking up need not be hard to do. Sometimes it's the best thing to do. This is episode 75 of the Training Business Podcast. And welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Garrett Hayes, and you're listening to another episode of the Training Business Podcast. This is the show for freelance trainers, for training business owners, for training consultants just like you out there all around the world, people like you and I. And the goal of this show, if it's your first time here, is to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. If this is not your first time here and you are a regular listener, wonderful. Delighted to know that you're back again this week. As you know by now, if you're a frequent listener, we have an episode every single Thursday and you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify and a range of other podcast platforms which are quite honestly too numerous to mention, some of whom I've never heard of before, but they're out there and you'll find the shows on your favorite podcast platform. Now, before the music, I talked about a couple of things, one of which is that an episode two weeks ago, we looked at how to attract your ideal client. It was quite an in-depth episode. I gave you, among other things, a clear picture of how to decide who your ideal client might be and how, how to find out for certain. If you did this, you've possibly noticed something. The exercise revealed not just your ideal clients two weeks ago, but sometimes the people who are not right for you. And they may even be current clients. But if that is the case and that message is coming to you loud and clear, maybe it is time to let them go. And that's what today is all about, identifying these clients, even if they were once star clients, top paying clients, and letting them go professionally so you can grow professionally. But what stops you and, and has stopped me in the past and currently stops many other learning and development consultants and trainers is the notion, this unwritten belief that we should be grateful for any work which comes our way. Now, remember or cast your mind back to two episodes ago when I discussed how to attract your ideal client. I suggested in that episode that you must find ways and reasons to believe that you are worth the people who are right for you and you're right for them. It's absolutely fundamental to your success that you are convinced that you merit the best possible work 
in which you do your best work for the people who recognize and reward you for your best work. So believing that you should put up with any old client as long as they pay you money, well, it's the opposite of that powerful belief. Another false belief is that you cannot afford to let the wrong clients go. Now, you might ask yourself, but what will I do when I no longer get paid by this business, by this person, by this entity? You might feel terrified, and I understand that. I really do. I've been there too. You have bills to pay. You have a mortgage or debts or some kind of domestic uh, requirement to pay something. You have goals that need funding if they're ever to materialize. I get this. I really do. So the question you could ask yourself is this. What will this cost me, this client, this relationship, and my team in terms of effort, time, stress, worry, anxiety, if I continue to put up with a less than acceptable situation? Can I actually afford not to let them go? So let's start today by asking yourself, what has changed? I'm not with you right now. I'm kind of with you insofar as you're listening to me, wherever you are, whenever, at whatever point in time, currently or in the future you're listening to this episode, but I'm kind of reaching through the radio or through the through your headphones right now and asking you a couple of questions to you to ask yourself. The first thing is to ask yourself, what has changed? And what you could do is conduct a SWOT analysis, a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats analysis. And there are resources online that will tell you how this is done. But very simply put, ask yourself a couple of questions here. One, has the decision maker changed? Has the decision maker changed? It could be that they have changed as a person for a variety of reasons, sometimes personal reasons, or has the actual person been swapped out? Have so, Has someone left? Someone with whom you had a great relationship, a great working relationship, and now someone else has replaced them. That has definitely happened to me in the past. And the synergy and connection with that person is completely different. So has the synergy and connection with the new decision maker, well, has that fallen short of your expectations? That's the first question. Has the person you normally deal with, let's call them a decision maker, has that person changed? Either have they changed themselves for a variety of reasons, or has that person actually left and been replaced with someone with whom you do not have such a positive and productive relationship? Second question, have your client's needs changed? Have they changed? Maybe they no longer want in-person training, but they want blended training with e-learning. So maybe they've got some new requirements they're going to market with for some reason in the business. Their business model has changed and they feel that what you provide them or have provided them until now is no longer either value for money or the way they want to do things because this will always happen. Business changes. If business doesn't change, it doesn't survive. So has the organization changed in some way? Have their clients changed? And as a result, have they changed? Maybe their business model has changed. Maybe they've structurally changed. There's been some kind of merger and acquisition, some kind of takeover, with the result that the culture, the buying methodology, the requirements for vendors, and as a consequence for you, the business model has changed. That's a great question. Another question, has the market for your training solution changed? Maybe the material you base your training on is out of date. Maybe you have increased competition from other vendors who provide this 
in different ways, ways which perhaps overtake the way you're currently doing it. I've seen a huge drop-off in in-personal classroom training in a range of areas, particularly things like onboarding, and many organizations nowadays use a kind of self-directed learning onboarding uh, methodology because they don't want people tied up for two weeks on their bums in chairs uh, being trained when they could actually be doing this before they join the company or doing it in their own time just in time learning. So in some way, at some point, your market conditions will change with the result that you have new technology out there to face and amalgamate into your training offer or other people provide it in ways which you can't. Maybe you've got increased competition. Something else to look at is have terms and conditions changed. Maybe there are shorter sessions required. Now, a days, maybe people do not want a full two days in the training room with you. They want shorter sessions, and as a result, they want a different approach. They want more reporting from you. They want more time on the phone with you or using Zoom or some kind of webinar. Maybe their terms and conditions have changed such that they want to pay lower rates or they've changed their expense policy. So those are things which you cannot change. They're not in your sphere of control. Something else, though, I think, which is in your sphere of control, and this is quite difficult to answer sometimes, and it needs to be difficult because it's an actually uh, very hard thing to answer, and it's an honesty exercise. Has your passion waned? Okay, answer that question in your own time, honestly. Are you getting bored? Is this the same old thing you've been doing for this client ad nauseum, ad infinitum, endlessly, month after month for a couple of years now, so much so that you could more than likely do this in your sleep and no one would notice. Or so you think. And if your passion has waned and maybe your attitude's changed, maybe, just maybe, your client has picked up on this. That's a great question to ask yourself. Have you in some ways given a poorer version of you and communicated that your passion has changed? And as a result, your quality of output has changed. So I've just given you a range of questions. Has your decision maker changed? Have your client's needs changed? Has your client's organization itself changed? Has the market for your training solution changed? Have terms and conditions around the training delivery, training contract, training provision changed? And hard-hitting question, has your passion waned and changed? Now, additionally, there are what I call red flags. These are things where change has happened to what I would term an unacceptable degree. I'm thinking of personal experience here because I worked with the CEO of a business. I won't name the business, obviously, or tell you which industry the business is in. But this particular CEO thought it was fun to speak demeaningly to me specifically to write demeaning emails. Never thanks for a job well done. In fact, his term of endearment for me was a, was travel diva. He called me a travel diva. In fact, in his last email to me, which I never replied to, he called me mofo. Now, I don't know any CEO uh, of any reputable company who thinks it's okay to speak to his employees. I can't even believe or imagine it's okay, or uh, I can't even think of a CEO who would even dream it's acceptable to speak to people who are not employees, contractors, or clients of his. 
And that's just beyond the pale. It's just beyond the pale. This guy thinks it's fun to give childish names to the people who work with his key people. Now, this is an extreme example, but maybe you know people like this who speak abruptly to you or harshly to you. They look down upon you. The way they deal with you is just demeaning. You don't need this. You're a professional. You do quality work. And the last thing you want to do is have anything to do with people who treat you like a doormat. So where am I going with this? There are three, minimum three, let's call them red flag questions to ask yourself. One, am I, have I been, am I currently being treated unprofessionally, disrespectfully to the extent that this relationship is no longer tenable? Great question to ask yourself. And I've spoken to a few people, even in the last couple of months, before and coming up to Christmas, who actually told me some horror stories of people who treated them in a manner which is actually shameful. And thankfully, this is not very common, but it may have happened to you. It's certainly been close to the bone for me. And the red flag question is where you ask yourself, has a boundary been crossed? If that is the case, then you are looking at an exit from this relationship ASAP. The second question is, am I being asked to commit resources, spend time, do unpaid work, or do anything for no equitable return in value. Now, I've mentioned a few episodes ago, um, we discussed the concept of working for free. Is it ever acceptable to work for free or what actually working for free means? But are you being asked to do things now, which you did for a fee, but for some reason, they're no longer asking you or willing to pay you money for the execution of that particular task, that particular training work, that particular coaching, that particular consultancy? Are you being asked to commit resources inequitably and receiving nothing of equal value in return? Question three, am I being expected to put up with unreasonable demands? For example, timeline, deadlines, uh, conditions, unacceptable changes, changes to previously agreed rates, conditions, work volume, and so on. Three red flag questions to ask yourself. Am I being treated unprofessionally, disrespectfully? Am I being asked to you know, commit resources, do things for no equitable return in value? That's unacceptable. It's unprofessional. It's unsustainable, quite frankly. And am I being expected to put up with unreasonable demands, things I can't possibly meet and be professional? Are these unacceptable changes to things like agreed rates, previously agreed rates, conditions, work volume, and so on? My question to you now, as you listen to this, is can you think of any more? You will know your own boundaries. And you have to have boundaries as a business, as a person. Are there things to which I will say, absolutely not. The buck stops with you. The buck stops with me. I will no longer have anything to do with this person. I will no longer have anything to do with this relationship. Okay. So before we come to the end of the line here, I want to give you a couple of more questions to ask yourself. These are really in-depth questions and it might take time to answer them properly and completely. Number one, why? Why is this change in this relationship with this previously, let's call them previously um, positive training provider relationship with this client? Why is this change now a problem to me or to my business? Great question. Why is this change of circumstances, of conditions, of, of behavior a problem to me and my business? So I'm asking you to engage your logical brain here, and I'll explain what that means in a moment. Question number two, what is the actual cause of this problem? 
Why has this change come about? Am I responsible in any way for this? You know the answer to that question. I'm sure you do. And number three, which options, thinking of empowering yourself here now, which options do I have to fix this? That's if it is fixable. It may not be fixable. The key thing here, the key thing here is to engage your logical brain, which is your prefrontal cortex. Now, we'll have an episode in the near future from someone, uh, or at least from an organization, that has developed a methodology in terms of understanding client and people psychology. But we'll come to that in a future episode. But for now, thinking of the topics we'll cover in that episode, your brain is composed or comprises different parts. Your logical brain and your emotional brain your logical brain, your prefrontal cortex, and your emotional brain, your amygdala. So your amygdala, your emotional brain might say, no, let's cut things right now. Because your emotional brain might feel it wants to get even with that person. It wants to, to react emotionally. It wants to, you know, not respond logically. It wants to do things offhand, spontaneously. Who cares what she thinks? It serves her right for not paying me on time last time. I'll show her. Let's write an email right now telling her exactly what I think of her. Who needs them anyway? I don't. Like, you know, that kind of dialogue, that kind of reactive emotional dialogue, well, that's going to get you in trouble. I'm sure you recognize this. So we want to respond to the change, understand why this is a problem, what the actual cause is, and which options you have to fix this. Your logical brain needs to go through this rational process, not an emotional process, especially if you feel that things have reached the end of the road. So let's imagine now that you have come to a point, having answered these questions with me today, it may not be applicable to you right now, it could be, I don't know, but if you have decided to do so, I need now to give you a 10-step plan to break up with a client in the right way. Okay? Here they are. Number one, refamiliarize yourself with contractual obligations. Maybe you have a current uh, signed contract which is enforceable. You may you might need to refamiliarize yourself with the terms and conditions if you have such a contract and it's enforceable. Absolutely know what you're turning down or switching off before you do that. It could have consequences for you and your business legally speaking. And you probably are best advised to get some kind of legal advice in terms of understanding whether it's possible, permissible, even, um, yeah, even possible to exit yourself from a relationship under specific circumstances. Number two, evaluate your current obligations to your client. Have you any current work which needs to be complete? Have you any future work scheduled to be completed? And find your way to settle those professionally, either by you or someone else in a subcontracting relationship, if that is possible. And again, you might want to get some advice on that. There might be a, a red flag, which justifies immediate and uh, irrevocable termination of obligations, but I'm not a legal specialist. You might want to get some advice on that. I strongly urge you to, if this is your decision. Number three, Calculate the net value. You could do this using a spreadsheet or a piece of paper. I, I would advocate uh, a spreadsheet. Calculate the net value of the client to you right now and the future value of training work from that client. Why? Because this is what you're saying goodbye to. It may feel emotionally the right thing to do, and it could well be, but logically speaking, there is a consequence, monetarily speaking, 
to exiting a relationship which puts money in your bank account. Number four, make a decision now that you've got the information, now that you've figured out your current obligations, uh, the terms and conditions of a contract, if you have any, your legal options, if there are any, on the basis of legal advice. And you've also now gone through an exercise where you've worked out the actual value of the business you are turning down. Now, once you have this information, step number four is to make a decision and stick to it, which means setting an exit date and you will feel much better and relieved when you've done this. Okay, make a decision and stick to it. Number five, take immediate steps once you've made this decision to replace or exceed the net value through a replacement of that client with a replacement client and calculate realistic time frame to generate positive cash flows with that new client. Ideally, what you want here is an overlap. So you're stepping off the old relationship and stepping up into the new relationship. But sometimes, particularly if there's a red flag circumstance, you need to end this relationship immediately. And again, this is something you'll have to consider the implications of. So taking steps to replace or exceed the net value of the current client with the replacement client and calculating realistic time frame to generate positive cash flows from that new relationship. Number six, give your client, irrespective of the state of relationship you have with them, the earliest possible notice of your decision. Why? Because irrespective of the emotional circumstances, it is the logical and professional thing to do. And the way you end the relationship will have consequences, not just for that relationship, but probably for other relationships that come your way. People have contacts and sometimes they can put a bad word your way as equally as they can put a good word your way. So give someone the the realm or the sphere or, or the space within which to help them to rectify the situation as, as merits their particular requirements. So give your client the earliest possible notice of your decision because it's professional and it's the right thing to do. Number seven now, if permissible, if acceptable, if possible, it may not because it may not be because a red flag has been waived or a boundary has been passed. Um, if it is possible to arrange a structured conversation face to face, let's call this an exit interview, then I strongly urge you to do so. It is completely unacceptable unless a red flag has been waived and there's a problem with a relationship to an unacceptable level. It is unacceptable to simply sign off and exit a relationship with someone via email or over the phone, particularly if that person, entity or business has in the past contributed positive cash flows to your business. If they've given you business, you owe them an end, a professional end to that business. And that means a face-to-face -face pluck up your courage, plan what you're going to say, make it structured, write it down if you need to, have it in front of you, but have that conversation face-to-face -face so you can shake hands and wish each other the very best. Even if you don't feel like saying it, you should say it anyway. Number eight, suggest the services of a compatible, professional, and available provider. If this is appropriate, give the name of someone who can replace you, is competent, and available to replace you. You might have given some thought to this and proactively contacted someone you may not. You may think this is not the thing you want to do. It could be inappropriate. It's up to you if this is the thing to do, but very often people do not want to be left in the lurch. And if it's appropriate, you could 
provide or introduce someone or refer them to someone who can step in where you're stepping off. Number nine is to keep the relationship. And what this means is that you leave the door open. No burning of bridges, no burning of bridges, because the things which have turned against you may over time with a change of relationship, a change of circumstances, a change of person in that role, it could change back in your favor. And speaking of favors, you never know when you might one day be glad of a favor in terms of an introduction, a referral, or a testimonial from that past client, even if they're no longer your client. Sometimes people are willing to do that. You'd be surprised. Number 10, lastly today, is to call back once or twice a year. Make introductions on their behalf. Drop them a note. Give them an update. It is business that you're in, but it's also personal. You are in the training business, as am I, and the training business is a people business, so keep in touch. Okay, a 10-step plan to break up with your client today if you have decided to do so and if you feel it's appropriate. Refamiliarize yourself with contractual obligations. Evaluate your current obligations to your client, current and future, and you might want to get some legal advice on this. Calculate the net value of the client and future value of training work from that client. Make a decision, stick to it. Take immediate steps to replace or exceed the net value of that client with a replacement client based upon realistic timeframes to generate positive cash flows. Give your client the earliest possible professional notice of your decision. Sometimes the terms and conditions of your contract stipulate what that uh, notice period is. Arrange a structured conversation or exit interview to gather information. It could also create an opportunity for a referral. You never know. It's also the professional thing to do. If appropriate, step number eight, suggest the services of a compatible professional available provider. Number nine, keep the relationship. Keep that door open. Don't burn bridges. You never know when you might need a favor. And number 10, keep in touch. Call back once or twice a year. Make introductions. Remember, you are in the training business, which is a people business. Okay, so my final thoughts today. Have you, in the course of today's episode, had any eureka moments, any feelings that things are not right right now with some clients? Have things changed? Maybe they could be better. Is this fixable? Have you had any realization that things could be better, should be better, and ways to actually make them better? Are there any decisions to take right now, having listened to today's episode, and is it your responsibility to make this a reality? I think we both know the answer to that. So good for you. My sincere thanks to you for tuning in again this week. Thanks for all your support, your continued suggestions, your feedback about the episodes we've had to date the kinds of guests you'd love to have on the show. And on that note, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts because this helps us to promote the show to attract the right guests to help you with your training business. You can check out the podcast, as always, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher and Spotify and a range of other podcasting platforms. Whichever one is the one for you, that's wonderful. I'm delighted to know you're connecting to us each Thursday. And we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook and Instagram, so we'd love you to check us out there and to join the weekly conversation. Speaking of weekly, there's a fresh episode of the podcast next week, next Thursday. So until then, have a great training business week. Bye for now. Thanks 
once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.